Well, welcome to the show. I'm Dr. Corey Allen alongside my wife, Pam, mm-hmm. which today in the show, if you're watching or you catch it on YouTube, uh, you'll see she's sitting right alongside me the whole time while we're chatting because it's just one camera shot <laughs> rather than the <laughs> it two was fun to do. like we normally do. But we try to help people cultivate the space between them and their spouse. And this week is particularly um, poignant because the space we're trying to cultivate is in the midst of all of the things that can go on in life, particularly we're in the stage of the sandwich generation. Yeah. Caring for parents and and kids at home. Right. And so we took advantage of uh, a road trip time coming back from taking care of one of said parents. And what's our takeaways from this? What are we learning in all of this? Because it's coming and going quite a bit. There's a lot of miles being logged between Texas and Kansas. Right. The last several years, uh, particularly last three or four months. Um, And so this is just a a casual conversation. And so what we're doing is uh, inviting you to join us in the car ride. And so to get ahead of this, um, the sound will be different because there's going to be road noise. And if you're watching, which this is kind of a, plug for watching this uh you can even see the road in the reflection <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can you can watch the traffic that um, we're zooming by or is zooming by us, or zooming by us I, yeah. think, I think we were zooming by because you know i if i got somewhere to go let's go let's get know. there <laughs> there were some crazy people yesterday but. but what we want to try to do is just help frame conversations for you for what's going on in the stages of your life so that you can apply them and create something better in your marriage too because I think those are seamless. They are. And throughout, it, I mean, I think it, part of this just goes to show that throughout all stages, it it can feel like upheaval potentially for you, but it doesn't mean it has to be a divide for you as a couple. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it has to um, hinder you in any way. I mean, this can be a way for you to grow together mm-hmm. potentially so I think it's a it's a fun conversation to have. And this week, everybody gets the full show. So wonderful! Uh, if you're a member of the extended content, the benefit you have for that is there's no ads. <laughs> but it's the same show for everybody this time. And if we left something that sparked a, a chord with you or a question or something, let us know. 214-702-9565 or feedback at passionatelymarried.net. So... Enjoy the ride with us. Today's sponsor sounds so pertinent for the topic that we're talking about of how when we are rushed for time, when it comes to life Mm -hmm. and carving out time for a date time with my spouse, because the Adventure Challenge, who are friends of ours now, Mm because we've got great relationships with them. And partnership with all with many of the people there that I've had a chance to interact with, um, but how often do we come to the end of the day, or we have different uh, seasons like we've got, where it's just really hard to squeeze away an evening? Well, they have the uh, mini dates cards. It's thirty new scratch off adventures that can be done in roughly thirty minutes or less, unless of course you want to keep it going. Yeah, you can and, and see make your choice goes. on that. But it's never been easier, and there. The helpful hints located in each of the cards help you choose the mini date that's right for you and your partner. So mini meaning 
M-I-N-I, not many, but many, thus the 30 minutes. Supplies and prep is often minimal, but laughter can be abundant in this because it is a great way to go outside of the box Mm -hmm. as you enter into the aspects of your marriage that we really need to make sure we're cultivating and working to keep fresh and anew. Thus the adventure. So order yours today at theadventurechallenge.com and get 20% off your entire order when you use our special code, PM20. So it's many dates, big memories. Go to adventure, theadventurechallenge.com and get 20% off your entire order when you use our special code PM20. So we're doing something different. Um, Pam and I are just a little bit of our life. We're driving. And so I won't be looking at the camera much for safety's sake. Yeah. Uh, but we are in the middle of the sandwich generation. With aging parents, uh, I've got an 80-year-old father, seven, late 70s mother. And My mom's in her late 70s. Dad, dad passed away, so we got mom that lives on her own. So we have teenagers at home and parents that we help take care of in some ways that we can because we're two states away. Hence, we're driving home from moving uh, Pam's mom into a place. And what what we've recognized is that. Uh, there's a lot of things you can learn by being involved with your family, uh, knowing full well that everybody has different experiences when it comes to family and what relationships were and are. But we want to just pass along some of our journey because we're seeing some corollaries between uh, being involved with our folks as well as what this is learned, what we're learning and it's teaching us about ourselves and each other. So Pam's got some takeaways we're just going to expound on. I have takeaways. We both have takeaways. You're the one that wrote them down. I can't look at them while we're driving. There's that. There's that. So one of the things we're seeing here is that this is not only a paying it back to our parents for raising us, but it's a paying it forward as well. Ideally, hopefully, being an example for our kids to see how we're supposed to take care of those in our family, take care of our elders, take care of our parents, um, and just take care of those around us that can take care of themselves the way that um, we, we can when we're fully healthy and have energy about us and have our, our full mind about us. I mean, the reality is mom is having a hard time with memory and decisions and things like that and so she's she's got to have someone step in for her and that's part of what we do as as people um as yeah i mean in our world as as christians if we're supposed to be walking that walk and being a good members of society and such we take care of other people Yeah, I mean, our parents took care of us, so we get to pay them back uh, in good ways and, and care for them. And if your kids are involved, like we've tried to make our teenage kids be involved when possible, uh, they get an opportunity to see what family is and what it can be. And I think there's the responsibility. The, if you think about it, the Western society has put death off to the side, where you go to a care home, you go to a house, you go to a hospital. Uh, whereas our culture's way before us, generations before us, it was always in a home, you know, like a person's home, that you lived with your relatives across the generations. 
and so that would be a much more prominent and prevalent of dealing with the aging process, which brings up the other point uh, from that of how we are all need to come to grips with the fact that things come to an end. Uh, death is a part of life, and as we age, it's not pretty, uh, it's sometimes disgusting, <laughs> but you have to deal with that, and I think there can be some pride and love and compassion you learn. I have learned tremendous amounts of opportunity for patience and love and care and taking care of aging parents and your mom, of, of dealing with the dementia, the memory losses, the choices, the inca incapable to take care of some things that you're used to them doing, and you get the opportunity to take care of that for them, and that requires some giving that you grow, I, I've had to grow into in some ways. Well, I think this has been an amazing part of us growing to appreciate one another more. Yes. Because it's been amazing to watch you, Corey, with your parents, with my mother, and the patience that you've had with them. So I think this has been a really enlightening way for us to learn more about ourselves and each other. Because how, how are we going to handle these things? This is somewhat of a look into the future. Preview of coming attractions. Yeah, hopefully we both get to grow older together and we're going to see these things and, and I I see things that hopefully we, we, we all have the phrase, oh I hope I don't do that when I'm that age. Um, hopefully I remember these things.
maybe maybe it worked. <laughs> similar similar what they did. Hopefully they see. Okay, I I did something right. I got something right in that kid right there. Yeah. <laughs> I I really think your parents are saying that right now. Yeah. Um, As is your mom. And, yeah. And, and, so hopefully it. It takes a burden off of them to know, hey, somebody's here and loves me and takes care of me. Um, it feels good doing it too, though. It is a good. And that's and that's the dignity component you were talking about. That, yeah. That there's this element of uh, I, I want my parents and your mom to just have dignity as they age, yeah. because some of life and things that they face are it's not pretty. There's no way around it. Yeah. But but you can do it in in compassionate and dignified ways and I think it's that's the people if, you're, if there's members in the nation that work uh, in hospice care or any kind of senior living care uh, my heart and hat goes out to you <laughs> because yeah. that is a tremendous mission and service that is offered by the people that, that just give their life to those as they're winding theirs down because there's huge benefit and love that's offered in that. And so I think there's there's dignity that we all, I want to offer to my parents and to anybody I interact with. I want them to feel like they have dignity. But then I think there's dignity we earn in how we go about doing that. Yeah. Uh, one of the phrases I loved uh, from Schnarch was, um, we're not always responsible to our parents in the way they think we should be responsible to them but I am responsible in how I think I am responsible to them. And there's a difference because that's me being my own person, not just continuing that this is what I'm supposed to do according to mom, but I can still be involved and engaged in the manners I see that's right and is dignified and worthy. And I think that's what brings through. Because when we've had to go through, like the weekend we're coming off of moving your mom and downsizing again, Meaning she's had to give up some things that have meaning and value to her. And we can fight her on it. But we also need to recognize there's meaning attached to it. And so what's worth the fight, what's not. And there's dignity you learn in that. There's there's love you learn in that. Because you want her to be uh, surrounded with her things that she loves and has value attached to. Well, and some of it's realizing as the years have gone, um, how am I trying to put this? Not every moment of her conversation is the same mom, right? Or the memory's not there. Yeah, I actually heard that phrase the other day on... Uh, with Alzheimer's, I, was, I think it was a friend or somebody in a group or something made the comment of, uh, I lost my father twice. Yeah. With the dementia and Alzheimer's was once and then his actual life, and, you know, 10 yeah. years later or whatever the timing was. And then you can see the decline and the evolving of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And there's been a, uh, I need to get the lady's name. I forgot the doctor's name. I I've been listening to it's a doctor that specializes in you know dementia care and, and the caregivers for folks in that situation and, and she's so pointed in 
it's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to grieve kind of that first loss. But you getting frustrated over their memory loss or things like that isn't going to get anywhere. It makes sense that you will get frustrated over it. Realize that you are going to get frustrated over it. It's okay. But don't spend your time saying, woe is me, because that's not going to get you anywhere. Right. Just be there to care for them. Right. Make sure that they're, they're safe. I think another thought I had on this was um, in seeing, you know, my, my dad passed away 15 years ago. And we started having, I guess, more that forced us into conversations about death and preparing for death, the financial aspect of it, burial, all those kinds of things. And you made reference to Western society doesn't, you know, we avoid death. We avoid that conversation. And it's really kind of freeing to not avoid that conversation. Yes. It's freeing to have that discussion to Think about what your legacy is going to be. Not only think about what your legacy is that you're going to leave, though, because I think you leave a stronger legacy if you try and live that legacy today. Yes. So live it now. Yeah. I mean, for us to have conversations, not only about the financial aspect. I mean, we started having these conversations with our kids about, okay, well here's where money is, here's where, here's what this looks like, here's, you know, the actual planning, so they're not surprised, I mean, I, as a, for the work I do, I see people come in on a regular basis, and their, their parents who had aged and had plenty of time to prepare for things haven't left them in a good spot, they have to dig through and figure out where everything is, and it leaves such a burden on the people left behind. I think as a married couple, it's it's kind of freeing to have those conversations and plan. Yeah, that's what I think of this is that's the idea of live a legacy now and leave it uh, because there's the other component that, that has run true the last couple of months specifically uh, for me. And that's, that's that idea of when you get the opportunity to celebrate life, like as you live it and as you are caring for somebody that is winding theirs down. Uh, my father's birthday was last year when he turned 80, and he did a big kilt party where all the men, there were four of us in kilts, uh, which was great because it was his brother, my my father, myself, and my and our son. Yeah. So we had four gener, you know, three generations of Allens in the family tartan and kilts uh, but it was so great because the people that came to that party were the people that would have been at his wake at a funeral right and they got a chance to celebrate him while he's alive and probably has another decade under his maybe so absolutely but yeah. it's still just they, they brought cards and they had conversations with him that would have been going on with the family members that were left behind but he was there and I think of how do we have opportunities to celebrate all of life and 
capture those moments, particularly as it starts to wind down. You know what I love about that? It wasn't, I mean, we wanted to celebrate his 80th and have a party. He was the one the year before, though, that said, That's, all right, here's what I want to do for my yep, 80th. He claimed it. And he is an example of living the legacy. He's a, you know, he's a great representation of yep. uh, someone who is living that today. As we left this morning, uh, after taking mom, Pam's mom into the, the building, the independent living building she lives in is the same building my parents live in. Yay, they're so in the same place. My father's downstairs with three or four other people having cups of coffee and just talking and having a blast. Meeting everybody in the place. On a Sunday morning. Yeah, meeting everybody in the place. Yeah, leaving the legacies. Which, the other thing too, that Pam, you are talking about the idea of having to deal with some of the minutia and also watching family members you get a chance to see who you are who you come where you come yeah. from yeah. and now that applies on it with us because we see traits uh, i made a comment to pam as we started the drive home the one thing that drove me the most crazy was this about your mom and pam's like i do that too i'm like i know but <laughs> just hope it doesn't magnify no. <laughs> no, i think what you said was promise me as oh. you as you grow older here's what drives me nuts about your mom you were telling me I don't want you to do this I'm like well I already do it so it's true. I'll duly noted I'll be cognizant of that but the beauty trait. the beauty of that then leads to this conversation right now or this part of the conversation on how do we constantly recognize the ability to laugh at ourselves and our family in appropriate ways yeah I'm uh, just laughing at the fact that we're all human we all have traits that drive each other crazy. I mean, that's what marriage is. is it's a people-growing machine. It's a process of our redeeming and evolving and growing because we get exposed to each other, which exposes ourselves. Yeah. And how do we have ways to laugh at those things? Because when you can do that and you can just laugh at yourself, life is so much more joyous and vibrant. Yeah. And we overcome things faster deal with life better yeah. than those around us when we can just bring about the other side of the coin even when it's dark and depressing and ugly there's still elements of, of light that come into there okay well let me ask you about that i'm gonna go a little different route okay talking about dark and depressing and ugly what about people that don't feel like their family is worth celebrating or they've got the wounds from parents that they haven't you know, talk yep. to in years, and they're like, I really don't want to care for that parent. And that's a that's a valid choice. Some people, uh, the best choice they can make is the cutoff, and they have moved on, and they've got other people that are caring for their their parents, or they got family members that are already passed. I think in those instances, you figure out what have I gleaned from them, because we all take things that trickle from our family. Yeah. We either take it directly or we go the opposite of it, which is the same thing yeah. in a lot of ways. And fundamentally, there's not a lot of variance in there. So if you can look at it and celebrate that, that's what you've gained from your journey, even when it was bad. Because how often do we have things we look back at our life that are markers where we've recognized, okay, that's the point where I recognized who raised me or I recognized what I've been up against and I'm doing something different. You better believe you need to celebrate that because you have just changed a family pattern. How often do we have, I've, I've had several clients over the years 
that have come in and have said, my generation, my marriage, my parenting or whatever is going to break the mold, the mold of my family. And when you recognize that and now you're aware of it, you can change it. That needs to be celebrated. So that's still our family to thank for. <laughs> Even though it's not something necessarily you're thankful for. But you've learned from it. There's tremendous value in that. Yeah. Yeah. So do we have any others that that stood out from the list, babe? Well, everything comes to an end. Everything does come to an end. That is the that is what life is. Yeah. Um, yeah, we can't avoid it. There's going to be grief. There's going to be loss. I think one of the um, things I loved, a a phrase that I picked up and have held on to when my dad was sick um, all those years ago, when, and I learned this from the, I don't know, I'd taken him to a chemo treatment and was sitting in the lobby and a sweet lady was coming by handing out snacks and pamphlets in the um, waiting room and she talked about victories in the valley she was a breast cancer survivor and she was had the phrase talking about the victories in the valleys of life and and specifically she was talking about victories in the valleys of cancer but but you can use this really in anything, whether it's financial crisis or caring for parents and um, you name it, that there is grief and loss. Through that, we can find victories in the valleys of life, in the, in the struggles and the tough times of life. And if we have that perspective of looking for those victories, like you're talking about someone who um, has changed a family trend, mm-hmm. you know, a negative family trend or something like that, or improved one. Improved has a part true. that just I've yep. just I've just enhanced it a little bit better as part of what makes my family special and unique. Right. I've made it all a little better. Or I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love I love that phraseology and thinking how. How good life can be when I'm coming at it from the point of view of looking for the victories that are happening, whether big or small, and celebrating the ones we've had, celebrating what those that have come before us have done or meant to us, but realizing all these things do come to an end eventually. Right. There was a phrase I remember from when we were only about five years married, uh, attending a Monday night worship in the Dallas area. Yeah. And Tommy Nelson was the preacher, and he made the comment of, when someone was born, he once heard somebody say, well, another death has entered the world at the birth of somebody, because right. that person, we will all die. And it's kind of a morbid way to think of it, but it's true. And then I've just now recently heard of this baby that um, the divorce rate right now in the West, give or take, is anywhere from 45 to 50 percent. Okay. So that means the other 50 to 55 percent still end in death. So both marriages will end. 
And so the question becomes, how do you how do you do that? How do you do that well? Because I love the how do you end well, no, or yes, how do you, how do you do end well? well? How do you end well? Even even when because this is where I think it applies to marriage. Even when your marriage is in a tough spot, because I know people that listen to our show sometimes are there are really bad spots. That's why they found us. Yeah. Well, how do I look at the relationship as itself and end that well if that's where it's heading? Because I learn more about me and my value, my power. That's where dignity comes in. So when I'm married 59 years, still, how do I care for my spouse well? Yeah. Yeah, I, okay. But, uh, but that's the flip side of it too. If, the, if, there's, if, the, if the marriage is ending at, at the end and you both have survived, I love the depth of the concept of you're sitting in the room together living life together while you've got it knowing one of you is going to go first but do you stay in one of you is going to die before the other most likely but do you stay engaged knowing there's hurt and pain coming that's what I want with you right I want I want with you to know I'm welcoming more pain by loving and living life well with you that makes the love all the sweeter I think it absolutely does so if we can look at and not Avoid the fact that things come to an end. How do we actually celebrate that? How do we live to the end well? And another example of that is we've got our oldest heading off to college in a couple of months. That season of our life with her in our home to that degree ends. How do we celebrate and love that process as well as grieve that process? Because we as humans don't like that very often of the component of having to grieve things and having to launch things. We avoid it until it's unavoidable. And so how do we do the moments that mark it to see it as, wait, this is capturing that component of life all the more right now and I'm taking care of some of what's coming now because I can begin the grieving process I mean, we got to do that with your father to a degree, knowing it was an inevitability, the type of cancer he had. And yeah. so there was a launch of, there was the beginning of the grieving process early on before he actually passed. And that's the complexity of, and the duality of what we're talking about, of celebrating life and grieving life while it's still going on. Because we're all capable of that, and there's good and bad all the way through. And so how do we recognize that? Not necessarily welcome it, but welcome it. Because it's the, it's the complexity of a depth of life with other people. Well, if we don't welcome it, it's going to come either way. <laughs> Absolutely. So, that's those are our thoughts that have rung true uh, over the last several months, particularly. And then it seemed all the more pointed, uh, having just moved her mother uh, this past weekend. And we're heading back home try to be engaged with life with again our kids and those around us and celebrate all that's coming and is going on uh, to do it well so love to hear your thoughts if you made it this far then you you made it to oklahoma city with us <laughs> well valid <laughs> yes that's where we were heading through where at we that wrapped point. it yep, up yep. and stopped for lunch real quick mm-hmm. uh, during during that trip um and to me, the takeaway, baby, is that uh, 
stages come and go, relationships come and go, but the ones that last I need to invest in well, because they won't last forever. And so how am I engaging with them and soaking up as much as I can while I can and living in the moments of life as they're going on? Right. I think these are some of the things that we're just gifted to be able to do, right? It's, it's a, it's a blessing to be able to serve those who we've walked alongside in life. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I also don't want to regret, I mean, you don't want to walk away and, and, and regret not doing something that could have been a blessing to them. Uh, Also a blessing for yourself ultimately. And one thing that, that sparked um, in getting this already after listening to segments of the show again, getting this prepared for, for air um, I alluded to it towards the end of the conversation about the the author that had talked about his father had he lost his father twice from dementia, yeah, and then actual life. And the last stages of his life, he was basically also without speech. Mm-hmm. But he talked about the times that how so pro- profound they were that the times he would be with him in the in the home and just sit and hold his hand. And it's yeah. like a different way of communicating that brings a different level of depth and soaking in time where to me, that's how, that kind of blew my mind of like, okay, now we're talking about another way to really be involved and engaged. And I think that's worth kind of noting that there's a lot of things we can do with our spouse that mm-hmm. isn't just talking. That's a good point. And, in, and the people we love that isn't just talking. We can, we can be alongside, we can help, we can support, we can serve. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been Passionately Married. Uh, If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, leave a comment, spread the word. Transcripts are available on each of the show's pages at passionatelymarried.net. And also the advertisers, deals, and discount codes are available at each of the the show's pages at passionatelymarried.net. So please consider supporting those who support the show. Well, if you were on the road today as you listen to this, safe travels. However, you've taken time out to spend it with us. Thank you for coming along for the ride, and we'll see you next time.